Welcome to the Take Uncommon Action Podcast. I am your host, Brady Oakey from Brady Oak Fitness, founder of Tua, a training brand and fitness community focused on standing out from the crowd and taking action in our daily lives. Roll the intro. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of the Tua Cast. Today we have a special guest who has been on the podcast before, Spencer Oldham, aka Six Pack Spencer. Yoo-hoo. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> How's it going? It's going good. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, if you don't know this, Spencer actually lives like about three to five minutes away uh, from, from my house. So he's very close. Uh, believe it or not, we actually don't go to the gym together that much. <laughs> but, um, maybe so we can change that. Morning. Yeah. Yeah. We just go at different times, but maybe, maybe we'll change that soon and get some gym footage. We'll see. Oh, we need to though. Let's be serious. We need to do that. Yeah. Especially because, you know, we only have like what, literally two months before you go on prep. Yeah. <laughs> Shock look in your face. Yeah. Um, we've, we've had it Spencer on the off season for, Oh my gosh, how long has it been? Like literally over a year. Since last October, so. Yeah, so like a year and two months-ish. Um, so I guess total it'll be like a 14 month off season. How are you feeling, man, this deep into your off season? Oh man, I'm just really glad that I'm not like overwhelmingly fat or anything. Like did do that little <laughs> mini cut, but honestly, like definitely I'm lucky in the way that I don't get like super fat in the off season. And I've been obviously building really well too, so. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I think you've crushed it. I think it's been very just slow and steady gaining this entire time. I mean, yeah, we did you know a little mini cut or whatever, but slow and steady wins the race. I think you absolutely crushed it. And I, I mean, you and I both know this, but we are very excited, both of us, for uh, your season coming up next year. Cannot wait. I will be very jealous that you're competing and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I was jealous of all of you guys competing this year, so payback. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel that. But um, okay, so we actually asked your Instagram right. some questions, so let's whip those out and get this thing going. Yeah. Anything so, good other than we'll sort through like the weird ones. You already told me some of the weird ones. Yeah, there ones. are definitely some weird ones, but um, from there, I think the first one that was actually really good was somebody asked, "How early should you stop eating before going to bed?" Um, you probably know a lot more of the science behind it. Personally, just for me, like. I think just eat. I know there's like the science of if you eat after 8 p.m. or something that basically that food is gonna get stored as fat. I don't believe that's true. No, <laughs> like that's not how it works at all. Um, I like your answer, just eat, like don't worry about yeah. it. It's, it's literally, it does not matter. Yeah, calories in versus calorie out, especially for me when I was on prep too. Yeah. I usually like to be the person that pushes my meals till later, mm-hmm. so then I go me to bed well. feeling fuller compared yeah. to feeling hungrier. Yeah, definitely, um, and with that, I mean like, I guess it's kind of individual. If you feel bad when you eat right before bed because like you can't sleep because you have a full stomach, then obviously don't eat right before bed. But just know that you can and it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, so it varies on the person because there are a lot of people who would much rather have a full stomach going to bed and there's other people, I guess, probably more feeling guilty or it's uncomfortable that they ate so much that they can't fall asleep. So it's probably just varies on the person. Yeah, definitely. But man, I hate that, that bro science that you store it as fat like yeah, i don't doesn't make any sense a lot of that a lot of that bro science stuff if you actually take like five seconds to just think about it <laughs> you realize how stupid it is but uh it'd be like that in the fitness industry well we'll try to fix that someday yeah uh my next question uh this one i think i'll have to think about it for a second but it says how many pounds of muscle did you put on during the off season did you hit your goal we didn't first of all necessarily had a goal the whole point is uh gain quality size so obviously in an off season you're going to put on some fat obviously with the muscle because that's part of the process but we also make it a goal that we're not just putting a bunch of crap into our bodies that we're just gaining 
morbid amount of fat that makes preps even harder. They have to diet for a longer time. Um, I just know the last time I was in my off season, the heaviest I got was about 165 pounds ish. And that right now I'm like 190, 191 pounds. So. Yeah. <laughs> but this is 14 months later. So mm -hmm. it's been quite a while. Yeah, definitely like a, a longer approach to this off season. So obviously there's potentially more um, gains there. But yeah, I was I was talking about that on my, Insta my Instagram uh, recently. And I just want to reiterate this, that having some sort of bulking goal, like you, you won't cut or you won't compete unless you hit this arbitrary number of 230 pounds or whatever it may be. It's so stupid. I mean, it really makes no sense. People think linearly that muscle and fat are, are built at the same time, but that's not true. You can definitely put on way more fat than you will muscle. Let's let's just say you're training as hard as possible, and in one situation you gain 30 pounds in a year, in another situation you gain 60 pounds in the year. You will probably build the exact same amount of muscle in both situations, except for the latter you'll have to now lose <laughs> like you know, 30 pounds or 40, 50 pounds or whatever to be shredded versus the other one where you stay a lot like, you know, in the pocket, leaner, all that good stuff. So obviously like as long as you're steadily gaining, you're good, but over gaining fat is not going to help you in any sort of way. Right. And that's where we say for the opposite side of it is there's no like weight that I'm specifically trying to cut to. Like, yeah, I'll have a weight cap, especially because I'm in classic physique, which I don't think I'm going to top that out. But we always go by like, yeah, like roughly my stage weight should be about here. Yeah. But no matter what, even if I get to that weight and I'm still two, three, four weeks out from the show, the whole point is be as shredded as possible. So the scale doesn't necessarily matter, especially when I'm on prep, because then I want to get as shredded as possible with the time that I have. The same thing with this off season. It's all been all about how do I look? Am I putting on quality size? Am I progressing in the gym, especially with lists overall, but as my physique, can we see that I'm obviously gaining muscle? Yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, I think that's perfectly said. Um, question number three was, how many calories are you eating in your bulk for each day or week? Um, obviously, it's by the day. Obviously, Bray is my coach is the one that outlined it, so he has me shooting for about 3,200 calories a day, which honestly, for me, that's a lot of food. <laughs> um, I struggle at eating that much. The number one thing I make sure to go for is number one, hitting protein. So mm. even right here, I have a protein shake on me just because I know I need to hit that um, for growth. But from there, like he does want me to limit fat because just a lot of the science are explaining to me, like when you have crazy high amounts of fat some days, like you can go over your calories, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But then other days you could be super low. So it's just better to be more consistent. And that's where carbs is probably the hardest thing to get in surprising uh, dude yeah i'm very shocked right now because i'm in the same situation at 3500 calories where like carbs used to be my best friend now they're the enemy oh <laughs> it God. is so hard to get in but it is true it's like really high fat diet right now for us in a surplus isn't really you know serving us like fat in this case is stored as fat um so obviously we need fat we should never fear fat F fat is an essential uh, macronutrient that we need for our health, but over consuming fat, which is the American diet summed up, isn't serving us a purpose right now. Like that's not going to go to building muscle. It's not going to go to, you know, reserving muscle or glycogen, none of that, you know, that's carbs right there. So carbs and proteins are key, especially protein. Um, but fat right now, it's like, it's all about kind of limiting it. You right. know what I mean? Well, and even on my story I posted, and I know some people were just like, you eat that on your off season. And I'm just posting like, yeah, I have ramen noodles in my cart. I have <laughs> pop tarts. I have toaster strudels <laughs> and just foods that I really enjoy. And that's what has helped me a lot is just, I make sure to get my protein number one. And I am trying to eat cleaner in the way that I'm having, you know, my chicken rice, I have pasta, I have things mm -hmm. that are going to be on the cleaner side. So my fat is limited, but then it gives me that, you know, flexibility that, you know what, I'm going to have pop tarts. I'm going to have these different foods that I enjoy, especially ramen noodles. 
just because I'm Asian, but they <laughs> taste great and they're really great on the carbs and especially for a pre-workout meal and like the carbs with sodium and then oh, water yeah, with that. Yeah. I find it perfect for, you know, right before I go to the gym. So that's just where I eat a lot of those things, especially in the off season because I have that flexibility to incorporate them. Yeah. And I think right now, I mean, given our size and our level in the sport, you know, having a lot of sugar and stuff like that isn't that big of a deal um, as long as it's not taking away from other better nutrients. But I think everyone, for whatever reason, thinks that they're like an open olympia level bodybuilder and they, they see guys like at the top and they're like well you know freaking nick walker doesn't have pop tarts he eats clean and you got to understand those guys can't have that much sugar because they literally cannot produce enough insulin to keep up with the amount of carbs they're having and any sort of high uh, glycemic index food like pop tarts i mean they're already injecting insulin to keep up with their carbs like it's just not healthy for them at that point but we are literally not open bodybuilders yeah. and we can have pop tarts and be fine <laughs> that's all i'm saying right well, we're a men's physique and as well even classic physique but yeah. you're not going to see me competing on stage at 250 pounds plus so yeah yeah like everyone just needs to calm down you can have a little sugar it's all good well i think it's kind of the funniest thing too as especially if i go to the gym and i want to go grab like candy or something because i do like to have candy at the gym sometimes mm -hmm. and i'm wearing a stringer so like yeah maybe i'm flexing a little bit but the amount of people at the gas station were just like you eat that and you look <laughs> like that and i'm just like yeah but i've been training for six seven years now like i have enough muscle where yes i can look decent in the off season mm -hmm. but this is not necessarily where my source of what i eat to grow and everything like that or even when i'm at the gym too people are like dude like what is your diet you must have chicken and rice all day long it's like yuck maybe my maybe i'm like prep yes but definitely not when it comes to the off season yeah i think people don't quite understand how hard we train as well uh, I mean, we are not casual gym goers. You know, we go and literally crush it for two hours. And well, yeah, I I always really hear like like gym results. It's honestly like seventy percent is like in the kitchen, thirty percent from the gym. Mm. But honestly, in the off season, I remember you ended up saying that years ago, and you're like, honestly, it's probably the opposite. Yeah, definitely. When it's the off season, this is the time that you have to go and kill it. You got to go work out super hard. Yes, your nutrition needs to be there, but that's why we especially make sure at least get your protein in there because that's going to be what's the muscle building foundation. But mm -hmm. Get your food in, but then go train your ass off at the gym. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't say that enough. <laughs> um, did you have any other good questions or were they oh, all yeah, just like thirsty, <laughs> thirsty men and women? <laughs> oh boy. And that's the sad part. There's so many men. Guys, I'm straight. As much as you would make on OnlyFans. <laughs> Debating it. But uh, another good question actually was, uh, what are your guys' opinions about RPE, RIM methods of training rather Oof. than rep ranges? Good question. Oh, this is... I'm gonna let you start this one. You know more science than I do. All right, uh, absolutely love it. Um, RPE and RIR stands for reps, uh, reps in reserve slash uh, rate of perceived exertion. These are both methods of measuring intensity, which is basically just your effort you're giving. Um, so a really easy way to put this is intensity is the most important variable when it comes to training. That is how you build muscle, mechanical tension. And uh, these methods, RPE and RIR, as a way to measure that intensity, it's great. I mean, we absolutely utilize it. That is a, a I would say a foundational um, point in like the Tua method of training is to always track that in intensity. It's very easy for guys in the gym to think they're training hard because they did those 10 hard reps or whatever. They, they, they did bicep curls and they did, they counted to 10 and then they stopped. Um, but when you start tracking RIR, like true RIR, and you realize once you hit 10 reps and it was really hard, you still have like literally six more reps left in the tank. 
suddenly your mind's blown and you realize that you're not actually training as hard as, as you could. Um, if you do train to a true like one rep in reserve, that is literally insane. I mean, I don't think people quite understand how difficult that is if you truly do it. So for that reason, I love training methods that involve RPE and RIR. Right, and even when you're at the gym, you're working out with a friend or there's someone that knew you're gonna work out with, so you're trying to impress them, or even an example you use of C-Bum was spotting you on the bench, like <laughs> how much harder are you gonna be willing to push because you wanna look as tough as you possibly can? Yeah. And that's just where a lot of guys, and you were just saying, they'll look at a workout program that says do 10 reps of whatever this is, and they do their 10 reps, rack it, call it good. It's just like, well, you didn't really work out that hard. That's where intensity and that's where muscle growth needs to actually happen is because you push that intensity by doing heavy weight, first of all. We do lift as heavy as we possibly can, but as well as hitting it for the rep ranges that we aim for, which is anywhere between eight to 12, 10 to 15, depending on what mm -hmm. we're actually working out. But that's just where I remember talking to a couple guys where I'm working out with them and they'll just be like, yeah, I think I'm gonna have to like just stay at this weight or I'm gonna go down in weight. It's just like, you did that for like 15 reps and I wasn't even spotting you. He was like, yeah, but it felt kind of hard. It's like, like that's the point that's but honestly <laughs> you should be having it feeling hard around like rep 8 9 10 11 12 like that's where like true mm -hmm. muscle growth actually happens because intensity would be there the stimulus actually happens where your muscles need to grow yeah dude absolutely um i wish more people fully understood this i always use i mean use use the example of sebum i always use the example of uh dwayne the rock johnson like if he was literally screaming at you in the face during a set you would be able to pump out i, I would bet at least seven more reps at whatever it is more than than you typically would do and that right there proves that you're not training hard enough in most cases so that's honestly where i think honestly i've been growing a lot on strength when it comes to especially like dumbbell chest press squatting especially for me it's just where I am training like hypertrophy ranges, which obviously mm -hmm. a lot of people say like super high rep, but especially when I'm training, especially now where I was training at like 365 for my working sets of like eight to 10, maybe 12, but a long time ago, like it used to be where the intensity that I felt was closer to 225. But I noticed as 225 got easier when I'm hitting like 10 reps, I was like, okay, that's when I started noticing I can get stronger and maybe slower, but I am getting a lot stronger. So especially pound for pound, there's not a lot of people my size that can do like a lot of the weight that I do. But that's where RPE is a really great way that you're gonna be able to push the intensity, but you're gonna notice that, you know what, maybe a month or two later, the same weight that you were doing for that RPE of like one or two, it's, it's a lot easier so you know you can actually go heavier. Mm. Yeah, so basically like your body doesn't count reps and I think that's super important to know. Like your body doesn't go, oh, you know, we, we did the three by 10 that we were supposed to do so let's grow now. It, it only knows effort. And if your muscles are being put to a very high intensity where you do only have one, two, three reps left in reserve, like true reps left in reserve, then your body adapts because that is a stimulus. And, and I think people neglect how hard it is to actually build muscle because our bodies do not need more muscle. You know, most of the time I should say, our bodies are not meant to become bodybuilding size humans. You know, it is, it is totally a liability. We need more water, we need more calories. Um, our bodies don't want to build muscle. So in order to build muscle, we got to give it a real reason. And that's why training hard is so important. And like literally training hard by like going to near failure every single set. I mean, you, you the easiest way to put it is you have to give your body a reason to grow. Mm -hmm. So, right. And also if you are a person that I've met a lot of people that they get discouraged just because one week you did really good, you lifted heavy for a certain amount of reps, but maybe the week following or for a while, you're not able to lift that well. It's not meaning that you're digressing, you're not getting any better. Mm -hmm. Just sometimes for whatever reasons in life, like maybe you didn't have all the nutrition that was 
spare body for a workout to do is good. Maybe that you're super tired, work, whatever it is. So if you are not improving every single week on obviously like RIR and getting better and stronger on every single lift, don't think you're not making progress. Like that's why you track it that way where, you know what, maybe one week I go and do hundred pound dumbbells on chest press for 10, 12 reps, felt super good, felt super nice. But then the next week I feel like I'm only able to do eight to 10. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't mean that I'm getting like weaker necessarily, I'm not building muscle, it's just, some weeks you're gonna have good weeks, other weeks you're not gonna have as good weeks. But that's why I tried the RP, just knowing like, hey, I really felt it at eight to 10, while maybe the week before I didn't feel it till I hit rep 12. And another really important part about that too, is that we're not trying to make week to week progress. It's more month to month, even right. quarter to quarter progress. A, a really good example of this right now is my uh, dumbbell bench press. It has not been going up. To be completely honest, it's, pro it's probably been two, maybe three months and it hasn't been going up. But that's a good thing. I'm gonna explain why. Um, when your volume, so now we're talking about like hard working sets per week per muscle group. When your volume is extremely high, your body is overreaching and it, that overreaching phase, um, which is where you're getting literally most of your gains from, usually means that you're not getting stronger because you have so much volume that your body can't keep up and, and adapt uh, in, in strength gains basically. So it can actually be a good thing. If you're, if you're training really hard and you're doing a lot of volume and you're not getting stronger, it's probably a good thing. But I'll tell you what, one of the muscle groups that's growing the most on me right now is my chest, despite not necessarily getting stronger in the, back, in the past couple of months with one lift. So I know that that's okay because hey, look, my chest is growing um, and I have a lot of volume on my plate right now. That's all I need to know. Right. Uh, you know, down the road, once I deload whatever, I bet you I'll get stronger again right. and I'll be able to look at it and say, hey, in the past year, I got stronger at dumbbell bench. Right. That's what matters. And you always say like, if you're really trying to go for a PR the next week or anything, just literally the week before, just cut all the volume yeah. up the chest in half or just don't even hit chest. <laughs> That's literally what I do. And people are like, what? I, I, I want to get better at bench. And now you're having me do less. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then they get stronger and they're like, oh, how'd that happen? But uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> but, you know, that was all with the rest of the good questions though. Okay, Thanks okay. for the questions, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for them. Um, well, I wish we would talk about some of the other ones, but no, it's oh, all no. good. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Okay, so some things I did want to talk about because um, I'll be honest, man, I've seen a lot of growth and not just physically um, from you as an athlete, but over the past three years, I've seen a lot of mental gains. And so I wanted to talk about specifically like going from your first season competing to your second season competing now working towards your third season of competing in what ways have your mindset grown in that time hey guys i quickly wanted to remind you about a premium online coaching service available on our website at takeuncommonaction.com stand out from the crowd and achieve your fitness goals by joining the team now back to the podcast um i think number one that i've really realized and it's not just me but i feel like it's there's an overwhelming amount of people that are new to bodybuilding kind of have this mindset that they can get away with being like beach lane. Someone has a pair of abs, they have a decent amount of muscle in their frame. They think, hey, I could compete in a show and I could do super well, I could win. And that was me where I was thinking I was gonna do super well because I had great abs. I had a good amount of muscle in my frame, but the difference between what it means to actually be, you know, I'm, I'm good enough for the beach, I can take my shirt off, I'm super comfortable to, I'm gonna get unhealthily shredded to compete in a show with conditioning. That is, 
completely different world and that's the biggest thing i noticed my first year was i did well on the first show and honestly it was kind of small did well but then going into summer shredding which yeah there was a lot of people in my class and a lot of them you know actually weren't shredded or conditioned but then the guys that were winning though the guys winning yeah. the classes the guys that are taking the overall those guys know what they're doing whether if it's the first time or whether if they were just absolutely jacked for whatever reasons they were shredded mm -hmm. and that's what really opened my eyes to like you know, if I'm actually going to do this sport, which I found out I really loved it because I didn't think I was going to do more than one year of competing, mm -hmm. I actually have to get shredded. And that's just a whole different thing to do compared to just like taking my shirt off at the beach. They were very competitive very scary. The, at, the, at the summer training show that year. They were very competitive. And I saw the eyes on you widen when we were backstage and it's like, oh man. Like, cause you know, here's, here's the deal. Like you looked great. And at a local gym, you looked the best. Everyone, all eyes on you. But as soon as you go against high-level competitors, it suddenly just opens your eyes to you know what people like us are truly capable of. And I think that was a big wake-up moment for I think all of us. Um, but at the same time, it was your first season, so I don't think it's a big deal. You right. know, um, it was kind of like one of those things, like okay, let's learn from this. Mm -hmm. And you you did so so going into the second competition season, which ended up being last October, your, right. your third show. What was the change between those two seasons? Well, number one, just that mindset shift and having my eyes open, knowing what it's actually going to take. But then obviously, like we talked about in that first podcast we did, I did have an eating disorder that I struggled with. But going from there, it's just like I was able to get over that and I was honestly not too hard for the part. Mm -hmm. But getting back into prep, it's just like I knew I was going to face that eating disorder a little bit again. But that's just where I already pre-committed to myself that there is no option to cheat. There is no option to fail mm -hmm. on the diet because that is where we say like, you know, 70% of like, you know, like results when it comes to prep is probably in the kitchen because it comes yeah. down to what you're eating. That's where I made that commitment to... I'm going to do this and I'm going to be that guy that's super shredded. I don't want to come in half par, like not good enough type thing. Right. So you do think that level of like discipline and motivation did come from that realization that you had from the first season yeah. of what honestly, it really takes? Yeah, honestly, very, very much. It's just to the point, and that's where in a lot of things too, I remember the first time I played tennis, the first time I played basketball, even a lot of other things I've done in life, it was just honestly having somebody kick my butt and I realized like wow I'm not as good as I thought I was or this is a lot more than I thought it was I just had my expectations raised and that just took me to where okay if I want to be that way I need to have that kind of mindset that these guys have because I know they're not cheating on their diet I know they're getting all their cardio sessions done even if they're super tired even if they have no energy or motivation to do so I know they're still going to go do it I know especially you when you were on prep too you were prepping with me for even longer because you got on prep like what a month or two before I did January 11th yeah I got on it October 10th <laughs> yeah and I got on it in February so I prepped for like 10 months you prep for an extra month over me so like I knew that you're not going to be cheating on your diet you have one of the best disciplines I've ever seen in life I knew you weren't going to be cheating there's no way I can cheat yeah I mean and I want to point out too um it wasn't necessarily an easy year for you I mean not only were was everyone in the world going through the whole 2020 um COVID situation but also you were doing sales, very demanding job. I remember you calling me, um, basically we, I mean, you had bad anxiety. Like there was just a lot going on, prep, door-to-door -door sales. Um, you, you literally, your income is dependent on you, like being energetic and knocking on people's doors all yeah. day. I can't imagine, but you, even through that, you just stayed strong. That was very impressive. Yeah, surprisingly, it's like for, if you've never done a bodybuilding prep, like actually getting super shredded, Yes, you are hungry, but you don't realize how much your mental health is affected too, where you can't even think properly no. and you're just going to start having prep brain where you mm -hmm. say something and it makes no sense to somebody else. But for you, you thought you said a full sentence. <laughs> so that's just where I was knocking doors, selling security. 
and I would go and knock on somebody's door. First of all, I'm trying to fake that I'm happy when I'm just suffering. So that was super hard. And I'm breathing super heavy, super tired. I'm dragging my feet everywhere. But then I'm just saying the most random sentences to people. They're like, what did you just say? And I was like, what did I just say? So it <laughs> honestly no was the hardest thing in the world trying to do a job where, yes, it is strictly commission I have to sell. But at the same time, like I just have absolutely no energy. I just want to die, honestly, <laughs> especially for how long we were on prep too. Because it was just extended for the fact that our shows got canceled, which sucked. I really, I cried. <laughs> yeah. But uh, on top of that too, that summer shredding got pushed back from the end of June all the way to October 10th. That was absolutely insane. Um, so, okay. So during that time, like, especially, um, especially during your first season, did you have moments where you were tempted to just shrink and say like, I, I could never do this. These guys and drop are, out? are oh, just yeah. crazy. Yeah. There's multiple times I was just like, could I just ghost Brady and just like, oh my the, face <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. <laughs> no, there's plenty of times where I was just like, I could literally like, I'm just here out in Louisiana my first summer. I was just like, I could just block Brady on everything, he will have no idea where I am. He'll be like, did you go back to Rexburg? Like, where do you go? Like, I'd yo, are you still doing you. the show? And I'd be like, yo, like, yeah, I lost some money paying for this show, but whatever. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I would come looking for you. <laughs> well, no, you're always there for motivation and support too. Even at the time last year, like you helped me out a lot when my show got canceled mm. and then summer shredding was up in the air. Like they were just like, <sighs> yeah, we're gonna reschedule it. We don't know when. Yeah. I actually dropped out and I got a refund. Yeah. But then you talk me back into it. You're like, you really want to do this? Like, sh jerk, send me the video of me summer shredding the year before. Just like, I'm coming back. I'm going to be here next year. And you're like, remember this? And I was like, oh, shit. I, and then so literally funny. the next day I signed back up for the show. And I was like, okay. I, dude, I had a lot of respect for you in that moment, though. Because, I mean, I was like, I wasn't like super upset. I don't get that upset. But I was kind of like, oh, my gosh, no. Like, I, I just knew that it wasn't the right decision. Um, and I knew you would regret it. But, uh, I mean, we did it. It was awesome you had a redemption year where the year before you didn't even make first call outs second year you got top three and again a very competitive class so okay so here's my next question so going from all of that craziness to now what has been the shift then and how have you increased your confidence well i think definitely from last year and getting it right we got shredded we filled out on stage really well and obviously following my coach's direction from there thank you um <laughs> definitely my confidence is there it's just like i know i can do a prep um, I know I can do the steps that it takes to be successful. Like, yeah, like I didn't win my class, but it was competitive and I got top three yeah. and that was the best I could have ever done. Like, honestly, mm -hmm. the guys that beat me, they obviously beat me. Yeah, they But going into it. this next mm -hmm. year, like the whole goal is to be that guy that shows up to a show and everyone's like, um, how tall is that guy? <laughs> yeah. That guy in my hey, class? are you uh, in my class? <laughs> <laughs> so like, definitely my, like we always say that my first year was just like getting my feet wet, just trying it out. Last year was all about redemption and getting it right. And then this next year in 2022 is all about making a statement. This is where I've obviously taken a longer off season because we had a long prep back in 2020 and I needed an actual off season to put on size and grow. And that's what the judges always say. So we've taken the time off and honestly still even have two months now to still try to put on some more quality size. Honestly, it's all about to dominate, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, from my perspective, we went from, um, 2018 talking about bodybuilding to competing 2019 so i mean you could call that an off season but it, w it was very i don't know amateur i guess um from there we took a another shorter off season and then prepped freaking three different times in 2020 essentially before actually competing mm. so if, if you're able to do that well and look as good as you looked without ever doing like a proper off season with a plan knowing that Hopefully COVID doesn't come back for round 54 and <laughs> destroy 
uh, our 2022 plans. Like, what are we capable of now? And that is very, very exciting to think about because, I mean, you you looked insane literally in 2020. Bro, 2022, it's going to be nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the whole plan. And obviously, going to be bigger, but I'm also going to be more shredded this time, especially mm-hmm. we always talk about how... It's my favorite analogy, honestly, is just talking about a rubber band that when you stretch it to its max and everything, like, yeah, there's a lot of tension there. It could snap. But then once that pressure is alleviated, it's able to stretch even farther the next time. And definitely 2020 was a year to really push the limits. Like I broke for a little bit, but then we're able to get it back to where we needed to and ended up competing in 2020. But definitely the limits that I have are so much better. And as long as there's not going to be COVID round 54, like you said, like, (laughs) It should be a lot easier for a prep that we know that we have a 16-week plan before the first show and then the next couple of shows that we're going to be doing. So we have a better game plan. The shows aren't going to be canceled, and we're just going to move ahead and push towards that. Yeah, I think a question that came to mind, something I get often, is does prepping get easier? And so um, from my perspective, it doesn't get easier. I think but it gets you, better. Yeah, it, it gets better. Um, and, and you get stronger. So, I mean, I dug very hard. You know, my first show in mm-hmm. October 2020, I dug very, very hard, 10-month prep, all that crazy stuff. Calories were very low. Uh, funny enough, this past summer, my weekly calories ended up actually being lower than my weekly calories back in last October. I thought I was never going to have to dig that hard again. I ended up having to dig harder this summer. But um, it was, in a sense, easier. And not that like I felt better because I felt awful. I could barely go downstairs. I mean, I was a walking zombie for two weeks. But I just like, I already knew what I was capable of. And in that regards, I was just like, okay, like, let's get on with it. I mean, it was literally to the point. Cliff, my coach, he could have just told me, hey, we're just going to not eat the rest of the week. And I would just be like, okay, right. let's do it. <laughs> you know, like you just get to that, that mental zone. And very few people, very few humans will ever know what this is like, where you are willing to truly do anything to get a job done. It's, it's almost, it's, it's beautiful and it's ugly. But when you reach that point on prep and as an athlete where there is nothing you will not do, that's that's when you're truly like unlock your brain to the possibilities right and definitely just the human race is just amazing when it comes to adaptations that Mm -hmm. when you're put in those situations where it just stretches your limits that when you have to overcome them and get better just when you know what you're going to expect the next time around like you're it's not necessarily easier but you know what you're expecting so you handle it a lot better yeah that would say that's it it's like your first time cutting or in prep you're like wow this sucks second time you realize it's not actually that bad embrace the suck honestly yeah i mean i've had i've had cuts in the past where i lower my calories to like 2,000 calories and i'm i think it's awful i think i'm dying i'm like laying on the couch all day and then as i've just developed more um like when i'm on prep i could be at like 1500 and be like all right let's do this thing Mm -hmm. 75 minutes of cardio let's do it lift really hard for two hours all right you know 10,000 steps a day okay like it's just you know i it doesn't get easier you just get stronger i love doing cardio though i'm not gonna lie prep I'm all about that cardio. All right. Okay. I like cardio <laughs> up to 45 minutes. Once I started, I had to do 90 minutes this past prep. I, that's when I was like, I hate cardio, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, there's just something though. It's just like motivation follows action for me. It's my favorite quote of all time, but as much as I hate it when I have to do cardio, but as soon as I get on the treadmill, I know I'm not getting off that thing until I hit the time that I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the time I push more than that. So yeah i mean i try not to go too over the plan but um i do this thing i actually still do it to this day but i'll always go one second over the time um it's just this weird mental thing i just want to know that like 
I was not gonna sissy out even a second. In fact, I was gonna do just one second more just for good measure, just that one more second, just just to like keep myself in check. Um, I This sounds crazy, but like if I were to skip cardio or even do less cardio one day, I would I would fear looking myself in the mirror the next day, knowing mm-hmm. that I sold myself short or I, I self-deceived, I lied to myself, I, I went the easy route. That's why, and I don't, I don't mean this in an arrogant way at all, but I've literally never cheated on my prep or diet ever. I've never gone over macros, calories, nothing ever before. And I never will. Um, and I think that comes with just like a decision, f- freaking sticking to it no matter what. Um, and it, it not being an option. And I think that's what happens in a lot of preps is people wake up every day and they're like, okay, am I going to hit my macros today or not? They have a choice. In my head, there is no choice. I wake up, I know exactly what I'm doing that day. I'm hitting my macros, I'm doing my cardio, whatever. The job will be done. Um, that's kind of my standpoint when it comes to this sport. Uh, and it, it, it's not easy to develop to that point, but I think it all starts with like starting and going from there. Right. And that's just where I just love having not having the option to basically fail or just not follow through even if it's the smallest things where I remember we had step step goals and I had to do 12,000 steps a day and one time it was literally like 1130 at night mm-hmm. and I looked at my watch and I was like wait I'm only at 9,000 steps <laughs> so I go walking till 1 a.m. outside in the cold yeah because like, I gotta hit my steps so. absolutely like been there too I was doing circles in my room while Maddie was asleep and I'm just in a dark room with my phone flashlight walking in circles, been there. Um, but I think that level of, of mindset is going to take you and both of us very far. Um, the physique is catching up to the mind. Like you look absolutely incredible. And just seeing you develop as an athlete has been tremendous, honestly. Fat. <laughs> okay, I think a uh, last question I have for, for aspiring bodybuilders out there or athletes of any kind that are just looking to build more confidence um, in their sport. Let's stick to bodybuilding for now. So in the sport of bodybuilding, what's your recommendation for helping someone build their confidence up? Um, People will say like, fake it till you make it. Um, I think honestly, when it comes to confidence overall, I don't even think you could necessarily like fake it, but I think you can do the best that you can. And the better that you get, like we keep on talking about adapting and getting better every year, as long as you just do it for the first time, you know what to expect. You're a lot more confident in the process as you're there because you know what to expect. You know what you're going to mm. be doing. So when it comes to being confident, like there's so many different parts of it. It's like, is it being confident necessarily on stage? Is it confident like you're going to do well? Is it confident in just like how you act at the gym? Like, I think it just comes down to just do your best. Just know that every day or whatever you're doing, whether if it is bodybuilding or not, just know that you're going to do your best every day and your best is all you can give. And if somebody else's best is better than you on stage day, that's totally fine. So be it. But just be confident in yourself that you're going to do your best and that's all you can give. But if you're doing less than your best, that's where you start second guessing yourself and you're doubting yourself because you know you didn't do your best. And Mm -hmm. that's where you have those doubts where you're not going to be as confident. Absolutely. And and I I hate to say this, but as um, a coach, I can tell when an athlete isn't giving their best. Um, Typically when they start asking for like, what else? they could do or if they could do more of this or what they try to overcompensate in certain ways when in fact they're just not really giving their best at what they know that they need to give their best at um but it is a good feeling ending each day knowing that you did everything you could and mm-hmm. and whatever the judges end up saying because you know same here I, I got third at last summer shredding you got third at your last summer shredding it's not first place but we know that we brought 
the best of what, what we could in that situation. And so we're both happy with it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we'll just keep going from there. Um, I think confidence too is just something like if you if you put in all the work you can, then like that it's it's you know that's how you build the confidence. Yeah, there's just so much peace, honestly, and just knowing that you did everything you could. There's nothing you could have done better. You stuck to the plan. You did everything, because just like we were saying with those doubts, just because you know you're not doing your best, that's when confidence automatically goes down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and don't be afraid of of trial and error and learning. I think. Um, I feel honestly very confident in the sport of bodybuilding after this past season of mine. And that's probably because I, I did a little bit of failing in, back in 2020. I, I consider that a bit of a failure. I gave my best, but I didn't do as good as I thought I could have done. Um, but I learned a lot from that. And then kind of like now that I've done three shows, now I have the confidence. And it's really easy because I'm, I'm one of these people that you want to like, you want to go pro your first show. You want to be like, I, for me, I wanted like elite natural bodybuilding, shredded glutes, like I wanted to be the best ever. And it's just like, you know, maybe it's not bad to have that ambition, but um, if it distracts you from, you know, having the patience that it takes to actually become great, then it's probably a bad thing. And I think I learned that lesson now that, um, yeah, that was just a big distraction, but I did learn a lot and that has built my confidence up to where it is now and where I was able to do pretty good this summer. Also, get yourself a coach or have some sort of like support there because the mind games in bodybuilding oh my is crazy whether if you're in your off season like me right now i feel super fat or whether if you're in <laughs> prep and you don't think you're shredded enough you're not getting to where you need to be having people there it could be a coach it could be friends and family doing it with you people that actually are there and they can see be that extra set of eyes because they're going to be able to tell you like no you look amazing that gives me a lot of confidence especially in those times where i was texting you being like yeah i don't think i'm gonna be ready i don't think i'll be shredded you're like you're ahead of schedule <laughs> so like it gave me a lot of confidence knowing that my coach my support is going to be there to let me know that you're doing great especially that i knew i was executing the plan so i had the confidence there but maybe you know the mental side of it it wasn't as strong so having that support especially as a coach it helps out so much more with confidence yeah i mean hands down bodybuilding um is absolutely a team sport bodybuilding is a team sport you know you might be the only athlete up there and then you're competing you and yourself alone on that stage but at the same time there's a team aspect to it your coach your teammates hopefully hopefully have teammates team tua we do have teammates um, but that right there the support system is absolutely key uh, especially if you surround yourself around you know, like-minded individuals who are also working hard like you said yourself like oh well you know brady's hitting his macro so I gotta hit my macros. And that's how it is. That's how it was this past summer with Team Tua. You know, if, if I had a, a, someone who didn't quite click right away on the team, they'd be like, I can't let my team, I heard this time and time again, I can't let my team down. And, and they get back to it. And then we ended up bringing some really great athletes to this stage. So it is a team sport. Um, all those things, yeah, definitely build up that confidence. But yeah, any last words? Anything you wanna throw out there? I love bodybuilding. Let's go. 2022 is my year. Yes. 2023 will be yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have my time in, in 2023. Yeah. So yeah, the goal guys, obviously, I'm competing at Summer Shredding next year. Also doing the Arizona Open, I believe. Arizona Probably, Open, yeah. which will be the national qualifier. Then going for a pro card a couple weeks later. If I'm being honest, like, do I think I'm going to get my pro card? I hope so. Do I actually think it's going to happen? But we're still <laughs> gonna shoot for my best, obviously, and that's the whole goal. Like, I'm very confident I can get my national qualification out there. But actually getting a pro card, that's the whole point of, we're gonna do the national show as well, back to back, just to see where I place. And if I end up doing really well, honestly, we know I'm not far, but if it's where we need to go back to the drawing board and we need to take some more time off, that's totally fine too. There's always next year. 
Yeah, dude, that's a very mature mindset to have, but I do think uh, you have a real shot at the pro card. I, I, that being said, I mean, we both know how hard it is. So if you don't, that's okay next time, you know? Um, I guess we're just gonna add the podcast there, guys. Thank you so much for watching. You can follow Spencer at Six Pack Spencer on Instagram. Follow team at Take Uncommon Action. Um, on Instagram, follow me at Brady Oak Fitness. And yeah, we're gonna have some uh, pretty awesome stuff coming up next year. Some secret stuff that involves Spencer actually, along with a couple of pro card runs on the team. So lots to look forward to, but thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Toolcast. We'll see you next time. Peace out. <laughs>